Hey there, I want to take a quick second to thank you for listening to the Focus Point Podcast. I hope that you find a blessing and encouragement through this episode. I hope that you'll share the episode with your family and your friends. If this is one of your first times catching us, or if you want to find out more about us, or if you want to listen to other episodes, please visit thepointoffocus.com, and there you will find our podcast archive as well as more information. Once again, that's thepointoffocus.com, and once again, I thank you for listening to this episode. Well, everyone, grab a copy of the Bible, whether it's paper or electronic, and go on and open it up to John chapter 4. I know it's not a typical Christmas passage, uh, but uh, we've also been looking at John 3.16, which kind of is, but, you know, it's one of those things, a little bit different of a Christmas uh, season this year as we're doing our Christmas at the Movies series. Um, And as I just mentioned, the last couple of weeks... We've been looking at John 3, 16 and 17 of when we've looked at there's love for everyone and there's hope for everyone as we've looked at the characters of Scrooge and the Grinch. And we've looked at John 3, 16 and 17 uh, for the Grinch. We, we saw that love is kind of what brought him to the other side a little bit and helped him see the true meaning of Christmas, which doesn't come from a store. And then we looked at a similar character in Scrooge, and I said that I kind of feel like the um, Scrooge and then the Grinch is kind of like the kid version for Dr. Seuss of kind of like a Scrooge. But we saw that his story followed more hope as people were a little more timid and afraid of him. I mean, they were the Who's in Whoville were afraid of the Grinch, but this idea that they really didn't want to bother Scrooge very much. But as we saw, through multiple different depictions of the movie and uh, me sorry of the book into movies we've seen that different scenes um it kind of shows people as he especially in the ghost of christmas present um shows him kind of seeing that people do have hope for him and so uh, he winds up kind of coming to the other side with that and kind of restores his um kind of restores his heart a little bit And so today, we're looking at, um, if I'm honest, a movie that I am not as familiar with, as I've only seen it a couple of times, because of just when it came out, and it never, it didn't really interest me as much, to be honest, Uh, but we're going to be looking at um, a character from the Polar Express, as we've kind of done a different thing with this um, this at the movie series, instead of looking at an overall movie and a couple of lines from the movie, you know, like we've done in past um, in our summer at the movie series in 2021 and 2022, um, we we and you can find those in the archive. But this time we've kind of been looking more at characters and how that these different components of the Advent season have really kind of helped them right and so uh today we're looking at the polar express but not like the polar express we're going to be looking at a character from the polar express and it may not be the one that you might be thinking of but we're going to dive into this but if you've not seen the polar express if you have um bear with me here a little bit this is not like a full in-depth like synopsis of the movie we're not but basically uh this the, the polar express comes and it picks up um 
Hero Boy, which is one of the main characters, and he's kind of reluctant to go, but he just changes his mind as the train starts to leave, and he gets on and kind of meets some people, you know, the famous hot chocolate song happens and all of that, and then the train makes a, um, before the, before that though, the train makes a stop, and this boy by the name of, we find out later, is named Billy, and he... Um, is asked for by the conductor, just like everybody we would assume by the process that happened with Hero Boy, and it happens with Billy, and they kind of hear it while they're on the train. You know, hey, you're going to the North Pole, you want to get on or not? And Billy opts to not to. And the conductor waves the engineers on, and the train starts to leave, but Billy pursues the train, and Hero Boy stops the train to let um, to let Billy get on. But Billy sits away from everybody and um, because he doesn't want to know because he, he's, he's poorer than some of them. And he doesn't want them to know that he, that he lives in poverty. And so he, um, he, he, he gets on and they wind up take, taking him some refreshments. You know, they sing a song and all of that. And the movie kind of then follows those three a little bit, uh, especially... Uh, when they arrive at the North Pole, um, they kind of get separated as Billy didn't want to leave the train. So um, they, uh, Hero Boy and Hero Girl, go back. And when he's when Hero Boy gets on the train, he causes it to come uncoupled, and the the, tra- the caboose of the train, basically, with that they're in, goes off, and they wind up finding. Um, themselves in a, you know, kind of like in Santa's workshop, I guess, if you will. And throughout that process, Billy finds a toy, I mean, a present for himself. Um, Having earlier said in the movie that Christmas just doesn't work out for him. And he doesn't see the point. um, And he just repeats that a couple times. It's just Christmas doesn't work out for me. And he finds the present. He's reluctant to let it go once the... um, they, they wind up in uh, Santa's present sack, and so they, um, the, uh, the elves are trying to get him out, and Billy doesn't want to let go of the present because, you know, it's, it's making it sound like he's not ever really received presents or anything like that because Christmas doesn't work out for him. And so he winds up, um, winds up uh, getting back on... Um, Sorry, letting the presents go, kind of getting out of the... And they get back on the train. And to get back on the train, um, the the conductor punches the tickets, right? And before, like, they punched... He punched just a part of something, right? A couple letters. um, And it led to a full word later. And so for... uh, Billy, he punched on when he got on the train. He just, he punched on on the ticket. And then later, he kind of punches a bunch of things and it's a changing ticket. And it uh, reads depend on, rely on, and count on every time he kind of turns the ticker over. And he says that it's one, and the conductor, you know, that's one special ticket. And so they they get home and, uh, I'm sorry, they get Billy back, and he finds that Santa has already been to his house, revealing the big present, even though the present is never really revealed, they, um, it's just shown that 
he um, he got a present that Christmas finally worked out for him, and uh, other thing. Uh, so focusing on that character, and I know once again that was not like an in depth. There's lots of things I left out, um, but following Billy's story is what we were trying to do, not Hero Boy, which would change how I would describe the movie. But right now, Billy, you know, even though he's kind of like the third main character of the movie, he's got a big thing that happens, um, and it kind of gives him peace. And we see this in the movie as he he, he wants it, but like it's it's this hope, you know, hey, okay. You know, it's this trust. Remember, we said last week that um, hope is trusting in the goodness of God, right? So this was this hope that he gives is trusting that this present was going to show up at his house. And so um, Billy then gave the present back and he had some peace about him. He wasn't upset about it. Even when he gets um, back on the train, he seems he's happier and all of that. So, um, then when he gets it, you know, the present and all of that. So what does this have to do with John chapter four? What does this have to do with that story? If you're unfamiliar with John chapter four, John chapter four is the story of the woman at the well. And we're going to read a good chunk of this story. And so bear with me as we do that. Um, as of right now, I'm going to read it, but like I've said, you know, I can change my mind (laughs) just because I, how it, how it's going and all of that. I might decide to paraphrase some as we're reading, or I might just read it all. Um, I'm not really sure. Haven't really decided as of right now, which is kind of odd that I'm recording the episode and not really decided, but, um, it's, 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 it's a good story. So here, here we go. We're going to start in verse number four. Verse number three. So he, um, he decided to, so, sorry. So he, Jesus, left Judea and returned to Galilee. Galilee. He had to go through Samaria on the way. Eventually he came to the Samaritan village of Sychar, near the field that Jacob had given his son, Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired from the long walk, sat wearily beside the well, and it was about noontime. So this sets up the story, right? These first few verses, it shows like the humanity of Jesus. Like, you know, God doesn't get tired. And I, I, I keep trying to, to talk about this as I go and as I see it show up. Um, I talk about it with, my, with the, the kids that I teach at my church and all of that because it's important to see these little things like we see that Jesus is fully God and fully man in a lot of parts of the Bible, but it's these these man parts that we miss, right? Like these these man sections because they're small, you know. Like I've said before, Lazarus in Lazarus story it says Jesus wept. It's two words, right, that are there, but it shows his humanity, shows that he is fully a human being, fully man. Right here, it says that he's he's weary from his trip. So he sits down. He's tired. And then it says it's noon. So it's about noontime. And that's important. It may not seem important. It's just, okay, it's given a time of day. Why is that important? Well, because of what happens next in verse 7. Soon a Samaritan woman came to draw water from, from the well that Jesus was in. And she said, Jesus said to her, please give me a drink. 
he was alone at the time because the disciples had gone into town to buy some food. The woman was surprised, for Jews refused to have anything to do with Samaritans. She said to Jesus, you're a Jew and I'm a Samaritan. Why are you asking me for a drink? It's pretty much, why are we talking? Like, who are you that you're talking to me, a Samaritan woman? We don't get along. Why are you even talking to me? That's the, the tone of what she's saying. You're a Jew. I'm a Samaritan. Why are we talking? Jesus says in verse 10, if you only knew the gift God has for you and who you are speaking to, you wouldn't ask me, sorry, you would ask me and I would give you living water. We don't have a lot of time to unpack that, but sir, she says, you don't have a rope or a bucket and this well is very deep. Where would you get this living water? And besides, do you think you're the greater than our ancestors, Jacob, who gave us this well? Do you, how, sorry, how can you offer better water than he and his sons and animals have enjoyed? Basically, like, she's like, who are you? Like, who are you? Like, how is this even possible? Like, how can you sit here and say that this well, did you have something better? Jesus was the well. Like, she was talking to a well. And she didn't realize it yet. Jesus replied, anyone who drinks this water will become thirsty again, but those who drink the water I give will never be thirsty again. It is it um it becomes a fresh bubbling spring within them, giving them eternal life. There we see that word eternal life again. And she says, "Please, sir, give me this water, then I will never be thirsty again and I won't have to come here." So Jesus says, "Go get your husband." Well, I don't have a husband," the woman replied. Jesus says, you're right when you say you don't have a husband, for you have had five husbands and you aren't even married to the man you're living with now. You've certainly spoken the truth. Sir, the woman said, you must be a prophet. So tell me, why is it the Jews insist that Jerusalem is the only place to worship while the Samaritans claim it's here where our ancestors worshiped? Jesus replied, Believe me, dear woman, the time is coming when it will no longer matter whether you worship the Father on this mountain or in Jerusalem. You Samaritans know very little about the one who is about the one you worship, while the Jews know all about him. For salvation comes through the Jews. Now, now wait, he was talking about Jesus, right? He was talking about himself. But the time is coming, and it is indeed here now, where the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. And so, this this right here, like he's saying, like this isn't what we're what, what I'm talking about. Like I'm not talking about what I'm talking about. Me, right? The 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 Savior is going to come from the Jews. Salvation is going to come through the Jews. Jesus was Jewish. That's the way it was going to be. That's what he was meaning. And he was saying, like, it doesn't matter, really. Then she says, the woman the woman says in verse 25, and this is key, I know the Messiah is coming, the one who is called the Christ. When he comes, he will explain everything to us. Then Jesus told her, I am the Messiah. Let's skip down to verse 39, where it says, Many of the Samaritans from the village believed in Jesus because of what the woman had said. He told me everything I ever did. When they came out to see him, they begged him to stay in their village, so he stayed for two days, long enough for more to hear his message and believe. 
they said to the woman, now we believe, not just because of what you have told us, but because we have seen him and heard him. Well, sorry, because we have heard him ourselves. Now we know that he is indeed the savior of the world. Now I said that noontime was interesting before I read the rest of that. And here's why. Women back then, they drew water in the morning because it was hot and all that stuff. The water in the evening, in the morning or the evening or both, depending on the case. But Jesus calls it out here. Jesus says, go get your husband. And it's right there that we see the story that there's not a lot of peace for this woman. Because she's going to the well by herself, which you didn't do because anything could happen to you. Just use your use your imagination. The same reason why um, it's not really good for women nowadays to go around by themselves because anything can happen to them. But women do. And, and back then, women did as well. But it's kind of like the same kind of example. Some Sometimes women are a little, depending on where they're going, they may want other women with them travel in a group or they may want their husband with them or a man with them of some some kind of form of protection and i think jesus um now that i'm kind of saying that and like i said i learn new things every time i read these stories but go get your husband i think he's probably like why are you here by yourself even though he knew but it's kind of like should you have somebody with you but you see the thing is is because of what jesus says you're right you don't have a husband you've had five husbands and you're living with a man now who is not your husband. I think that she was the, the, the town, like, she was the, the butt of the town jokes. All the women in town, like, she was an outcast in town. I don't think she had a lot of peace because she went by herself. And I think she's, this is chosen to go by herself because of all the, the, the picking and the poking and the criticism and the ridicule and all of that stuff. And she was just tired of it, so she just assumed go alone. She just assumed go by herself, be by herself, because it's just easier that way. Not a lot of peace there. But when she encountered Jesus, and I've got three things that I want to say here, is that peace is knowing that we can first, and this was on Billy's ticket, and it jumped off the screen at me, when I um, when I saw it for the first time, and it's that sorry, peace is knowing that we can depend on Jesus. Number one, we can depend on Jesus. And the thing is, is that she didn't even know that she needed him, but Jesus knew that this woman needed him, and he comes to where she was at, and he comes to where we are at too. He comes to us we can depend on him to be there for us and that should give us hope and he does that because he loves us and he cares for us also too um number two peace is knowing that we can rely on jesus that he's not going to leave us alone he's not going to leave us high and dry he's not going to do any of those things he came to this woman at the at, at the well and he he stayed there with her and he talked there with her it's amazing to see. And then peace is knowing that, number three, we can count on Jesus. She could count on Jesus now. Right? We can count on Jesus. 
It's so cool to see that, and that should give us peace. That should give us hope, knowing that Jesus loves us that much. He went, he went out of his way for a lot of different people. He specifically went to Samaria to talk to this woman that needed him. And he does that for all of us. And when she when she realizes it, she um when when she realizes it, right? Verse 28, and I skipped over this intentionally because we're going to go back to it. Um verse 28 The woman left her jar beside the well and ran back to the village, telling everyone, Come and see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could he be the Messiah? So people came streaming from the village to see him. Could he be the Messiah? Come and see. This is a different woman that walked up that hill to that well. This is a different woman now that she has encountered Jesus because she knows now that he can, she can depend on him, she can rely on him, and she can count on him. The second thing that I want to say is that the truth of Jesus provided real peace. It provides, provides real peace. For her, it provided real peace, right? It gave her the peace, right? For us, like the truth of Jesus provides peace. It provides real peace. So those two things, peace is knowing that we can depend on, rely on, and count on Jesus. And it's the truth of Jesus provides real peace. Well, what truth? Well, the truth that we can depend on him, rely on him, and count on him, that's one truth. The truth that he came to do what he said he was going to do. The truth that he, he told this woman what she did, and the truth is that he just stood there with her. He didn't condemn her and criticize her. We talked about this last week. That we that we that we don't see that all the time nowadays. It's quick to just dive into what well, you did, what well, you did, what well, you did. Jesus simply brings it around, but he doesn't sit there. If you if you look at that 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 brief conversation, it literally takes up three verses. Three verses. Go get your husband. I don't have a husband. You're right, you've had five husbands, and now you have a man that's not your husband. It was literally that quick, that conversation, and then it went, sir, you must be a husband, but must be a prophet. And then it went, believe me, dear, when it went right back into a different form of the conversation. But it wound up to leading to a lot of people having a little bit of peace, because it says many Samaritans believe in verses 39 through 42, that he was the savior of the world. And that's what we, we celebrate this time of year, this, this peace that we have. Because Jesus cares. Because God cared to begin with. He sent Jesus. He sent Jesus to be the one and only sacrifice for us. One that we could depend on, rely on, and count on from now, then, now, and forever. And that is what gives us peace today. Peace that knowing that we can have hope because of the goodness of God. The goodness of Jesus. The goodness and mercy of Jesus. 
and the and the love that comes from God because love isn't just something God does it's who God is and he proves that by sending Jesus and all of this should give us peace it gave the woman at the well peace and it gave her hope and it showed her love and it changed her from the inside out when we see in the Polar Express we, we see that as well we see that Billy gets on one way and gets he gets on the train at the beginning one way and he gets back on the train leaving the North Pole a different way there's a peace about him there's even a joy about him there's this hope about him he's, he's, he's a different character just like this woman at the well so I I once again as we've ended all of these episodes we've looked at John 3.16 and if for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life will not perish but have eternal life love, hope, and peace because our life is taken care of and it's not complicated to do that it's literally depending on relying on and counting on Jesus it, it, it's depending on Jesus that what he did is true it's relying on that what he did is true and it's counting on that what he did is true <laughs> it's literally in Romans 10 9 through 13 and we've used this a lot and like I've said before I think that just sometimes it gets overcomplicated, and it's literally just saying hey I believe that Jesus is who he says he is I believe that God sent him down here to be the one true sacrifice for us the one and only sacrifice for us I believe that he he died on the cross I believe that he rose again all to save me from my sins I call on the name of Jesus I call on the name of Jesus to help me to come into my life and change me and help me live a life as best as I can for him that's all it is is that simple because Romans 10 9 through 13 tells us that it tells us in Romans 10 9 that if we confess with our mouth and believe in our heart that Jesus is Lord and that God raised him from the dead we will be saved it's it then verse 13 tells us that everybody that calls on the name of the Lord will be saved so I, so I encourage you if you believe that Jesus was raised, if you believe that God sent Jesus, that he died on the cross, and that God raised him from the dead, it's simple. You will be saved. Because everybody that calls on Jesus will be saved. So I, so I hope that you will take some time to do that. It's got to be your decision, though. Read that passage. Read that scripture. Romans 10, 9 through 13. Read that. Pray that. Because the Bible says you will be saved. And Jesus says that um, anybody that believes will have everlasting life. It's, it says that God sent Jesus so that we can have everlasting life. God loved the world, sent his one and only son, that whoever believes, basically whoever believes what I just said, basically whoever believes what Romans 10, 9 through 13 says, won't perish but have eternal life. I trust that you'll do that. Because that's what the woman at the well did. It changed her life. 
And when we see these other other movies and even other characters in the Bible, we see these uh, these other movies when you encounter that peace of Jesus, it changed Billy in the Polar Express. When people had hope for Scrooge, it, it helped change his direction. When people showed a little bit of love to the Grinch, it changed his story as well. And Jesus showed each one of those to this woman at the well in John 4. And it changed her life. He showed her love by just being there and spending time with her and talking with her. Probably something that no one has done in a while. It gave her hope. And then it gave her peace. So I, I'm excited um, for you. If you if you prayed that prayer, if you're going to pray that prayer, whatever it is. Romans 10, 9 through 13. Go check it out. Spend some time with it. And if you do... Continue listening to this podcast. Go find a local church to get plugged into. Whatever it takes um, to keep going forward with your um, new walk with Jesus. Find some peace. Find some hope. Find some love in Jesus. Because you can depend on him. You can rely on him. And you can count on him. We'll see you next week.